All right, thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of the Backstage Podcast. We're here with my good friend Saul Polo. You may have caught him on the back, uh, no, not the backstage. This is the backstage. You may have caught him on uh, the car ride show that we did during the campaign. Uh, he's here. We're going to talk about the campaign, and we're going to talk about the election, and we're going to talk about uh, everything that happened. Uh, it's good to see you, man. Good to see you, George. Thanks for coming. I, I, you know, I was following the results, man, and it was so shitty for you, fuck. And I was like, God damn it. No. And look, the truth is, the truth is that off the bat, we knew that it wasn't going to be a good campaign for the liberals. And I think we even had that discussion mm -hmm. off air, obviously. And I'm like, fucking Laval, man, are, you know, are we going to be able to hold on to at least a couple? You know, usually traditionally, you know, I mean, Shamit is usually a safe seat. So I had my eye on a couple of seats in Laval and it just sucked, man. It, it was just horrible. Look, it's part of the game. Honestly, you know this. Uh, I knew this right off the bat when I first um, ran eight years ago and when Mr. Couillard asked me to run in uh, in Laval de Rapin. And I think I told you this. I, I knew right from the beginning it was going to be a tough shot. So being reelected for um, for second time or yeah for a third time, it was going to be complicated. I mean, um, when you look at the numbers four years ago, we were at 25% on, on the provincial mm. level. Mm. And uh, I was able to get 32% of the vote in my riding. This time around, we were at 14%. And I was still able to get almost 29% of the vote. Um, look, I think I, I over um, overachieve what, uh, what usually any type of uh, any other candidate would have done in my situation. Yeah. So um, I know it sounds like a, a, a prix de consolation, yeah. and like a, but at the end of the day, we, we, gave, it, we gave it all. Um, over a year ago, when I sat down with my staff and my team, and also when I discussed it with my family, we said, look, if we're going to do it again, let's have fun. Mm -hmm. And we surely had fun. I mean, we did a lot of different things. I think I mentioned it to you in the car. And, and we had fun. We had more, more support than we could have expected, mm -hmm. you know, almost 80 volunteers that supported me. And a lot of a lot of public support, you know. Yeah. I had nine thousand five hundred votes, uh, where four, four years ago I had ten thousand six hundred votes. So I lost. No, yeah, not that big of a difference. No, and I lost by a thousand votes. Yeah. So you could say, and and the CAC. I mean, congratulations to the new uh, MNA of Laval de Rapide, but she had more or less the same number of votes that uh, her predecessor had four mm -hmm. years ago. So uh that's basically when you look at the numbers i lost more or less a thousand votes um it can be it could have been much much worse you know but you know what's interesting though uh, saul you you, you uh you're a thousand votes short but it's not as if those votes went to the cac either because they had similar numbers the last time which pretty much means that your voters stayed home yeah and when we the liberal vote just didn't come out yeah when when i look at the numbers look george i uh we we uh we identified more or less 5,000 strong liberals and about 1,500 uh, uh, soft liberals. Mm. And we estimate that more or less that 2,000 of those 6,500 6, people stayed home, then go out to vote. Uh. And uh, that's unfortunate. Mm -hmm. I mean, there's only so much you can do. Yeah. You, you go and ring to the door, you call them, you, uh, you approach them through social media or through uh, regular media. And then at the end of the day, I mean, it's up to them to go out to vote. Yeah. You know, if they feel like uh, it's important to them. So you, you can't do much more than that. You know, we had that conversation also in the car, obviously off record. And, you know, there's many things that you can say or and other mo a lot of things you can't say because most of it is speculation. I mean, you know, what's going to happen um, if you win? What's going to happen if you like all these questions are useless in that context because it's like, you know, you're in the middle of a campaign. Yeah, yeah. dude. Let's, let's just wait for it to get to finish and then we'll, we'll be able to, to clear our minds and analyze. 
what the fuck happened during this campaign? It, it was disastrous for the Liberal Party. Look, I can honestly say that uh, it's it, it's a complement of uh, it, it's a mix of different things. Yeah, not just during the campaign, but also before the campaign, um, and um, and and yes, the, the the beginning of the campaign. I would say the first three weeks of the campaign we we can't say that it was due to xyz party i mean we put it on ourselves yeah you know i mean the fact that we're the last party to have 125 uh, candidates uh the 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 whole thing about the 125th candidate confirmation yeah um, yeah yeah. you know le le bilan financier of our of our different uh, engagement electoral i mean we brought that up on ourselves and we can't look anywhere else than ourselves yeah this is what the party will have to deal with. We'll have to analyze. We'll have to discuss. Um, not just the caucus, the leader, the party members as well. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of things that the, the the party will have to take in consideration to look at what went wrong. And I, I, I personally think that those first three weeks, if we would have managed the beginning of the campaign differently, we would have might we, we might have finished the campaign at maybe 17, 18, 19. 19% of the vote, mm-hmm. which is where we started the campaign mm-hmm. at. And maybe today we'd, we we could have four to five more M&As, including but, myself. But Saul, you're saying that as though the campaign had so much room. Like, oh, you know, if we hadn't, you know, screwed up the two, three first weeks. Two, three first weeks, it's like two-thirds of your campaign. It's done. Like, I, there's no room for error in an election campaign. And especially in a campaign where you know beforehand that it's coming. They're, you know, the, the elections now are fixed dated in Quebec. So you know in four years, like from today, there's going to be another election. So in 2026, in October, we were probably looking at an, at an election. So all parties know this. They know that, okay, in four years, what do we do? So let's work backwards now. So what do we need to, to get prepared up until that day? I'm not so sure that was done at all. And, I, I, you know, I don't want to... You know, point fingers at anyone specifically, or you know, anyone at the party. I, I know we know them all personally, and yeah, they worked hard. Was it hard enough? I don't think so, my personal opinion. But to be making mistakes like this, and it's fine. Look, everyone, everyone expects to make mistakes, and for stuff that are unforeseen to just come up during a campaign, that's normal. I mean, we all know the game. But like you mentioned, three weeks, and in my head, I'm laughing because like. You, you were saying it as oh, you know, the first two three weeks didn't go well, <laughs> well <laughs> as look, if it was like three four months uh, campaign. George, George and I think we were in the car when we met. Um, I think we can manage to maybe, you know, um, we, we can manage one week off. You know, the first week. Um, yeah, you can take it easy until every can, yeah until everything falls into place. Exactly. Every, yeah, yeah. But three weeks, it's tough, man. Oh my god, uh, it's really tough. And. Um, and look, the facts are the facts. I'm not. I'm not making this up. I mean, I can't. I can't look at it with uh, avec des lunettes roses mm-hmm. and say no, we were perfect. No, we weren't perfect. And uh, I'm honest enough to say, uh, all of us have a part of the blame on that. You know, um, all of us had uh, had something to say about. It. Obviously, I wasn't uh, in in the party's uh, head office. I wasn't campaign mm-hmm. manager. I wasn't uh, part of the the the, the leader's uh, uh, team. But we all had a we ha- we all had a say into this and. But it's beyond just the first three weeks, George. I mean, why were in a, why were we in a position where, when the campaign started, we were at eighteen percent? You know, th- there's if I I campaigned, we knocked on sixteen sixteen thousand doors in my riding, and obviously there's there's some debates that hurt us, and that mm-hmm. still hurt hurt us today. You mm-hmm. know? Bill ninety six yeah. hurt us. You know, 
la loi 21 in in a way lotus um heard of this and and there's different there's different issues so this is all this, these are different issues and topics that the party will have to look mm-hmm. at very closely and we'll have to find a new positioning mm-hmm. because we can't be a provincial party with only 9% of the francophone vote this is huge man i mean a party with 155 years of experience mm. of of existence yeah i mean look there's ups and downs and there's definitely been ups and downs in the past as well right uh parties evolve ideologies ideologies change uh, there's new um dynamics that come into the picture uh and we saw that this time around right there's a conservative party that i'm sure had some sort of impact mm-hmm. on the liberal vote as well yeah. uh, because forever the liberal party occupied yeah. a, a, a major part if not all the part of that conservative vote as as long as they weren't separatist right it, it went to the liberal party mm-hmm. so the dynamics are different um but you're right i mean everything leading up to this election seemed to just not go the way that it should have gone uh and you know we often say that you know the next election starts the day after the previous one right so in four years from now i mean technically day one after this election you're already preparing for the one after um i just don't know how much of that we did and again we can't just put the blame all on Dominique Anglade because she wasn't there. We had a leadership party, um, a leadership campaign. Um, you know, COVID came in the way. There was all these things that happened. But I don't know. Is it just an excuse? I, I, I don't know. You're looking at the numbers and people that have been involved in the party for a very long time, like yourself, like myself, and other people that may be listening or watching, I can assure you that no one ever imagined that the liberal party would be the, uh, this low in the, either in support or in seats it's uh it, it, it's it's definitely one to forget and look um i'll put it up front i support dominic anglad um but it's beyond the leader mm. in my pers- in my personal opinion it's beyond the leader and it's beyond the last mandate it's beyond the last four years i personally think that things started to slip downhill for the party um, by the end of 2015. Uh, we had maybe a, a honeymoon of about a year, a year and a half with the, the whole population. Yes, we, we did La Réforme des Programmes, and uh, uh, some people call it L'Austérité, but we had La Réforme de Retour à l'équité budgétaire, mm-hmm. uh, etc. But by the end of 2015, I think that something broke between uh, the connection between our party and the general population. Uh, I can't say the overall population, but something broke, especially with the francophones, uh, the French vote. And we haven't been able to reposition ourselves properly. Mm -hmm. And I'm part of it. You know, we had internal discussions about, you know, la loi 21 and and la langue and this and and different issues. Um, But uh, we, we need to address those issues going forward, especially over the next few months and maybe in the next year, year and a half before we start repositioning ourselves for the next uh, election, four mm-hmm. years on the road. Uh, I'll be honest with you, man. You look very, uh, very calm, very... Uh, obviously, it's it's tough to to, um, to 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 take in, you know, a punch like that, right? I mean, nobody yeah. nobody, nobody runs to lose, you know, unless... I mean, of course, there are some writings where you know offhand that yeah. it's going to be harder than others. Um, but especially if you're the incumbent M&A, it's never easy. Um, 
but I remember, you know, just now you came in, you're like, oh man, I have so much more time now. <laughs> Do you feel, I felt it and I wasn't even elected. I was a staffer and I felt it. When that chapter turned, I was like, oh, like I felt like I could breathe better. Are you there already or not yet? Um, I'm starting to get there. Yeah. But okay, let's come back to the first part of your question. I, I could be pissed, you know, like anyone else. You, you, you never run to lose. Yeah. You, you never go into something saying, you know what, I'm comfortable about losing. No. Yeah. Yes, I give it my, my 200% with my staff. The last year, year and a half, we sacrifice everything. I mean, the last eight years, I know you follow me. You know how active I was on the ground, mm -hmm. not just in my writing, but in the region. Yeah. And uh, and yes, I could be, I could be, uh, I could be not just disappointed. I could be frustrated. I could be, uh, I could blame a lot of people. But at the end of the day, you know what, George? Uh, uh, well, let me just put it this way. Um, and you saw me, and you you and I started in the same party, more or less. You as a staffer, and mm -hmm. myself as a volunteer, quite active volunteer. Mm -hmm. um, and I look at my last 17 years, because it's not just eight years, it's 17 years. Mm -hmm. You know, I started back in 2005. Mm. And, and I say, okay, you know what? Yes, I lost. But did I gain more than what I lost at the end? And definitely uh, the balance at the end of the day the la balance is a lot more positive than negative mm -hmm. would i wish that i would still be the gamine of laval rapide of course mm -hmm. i love what i was doing i sacrificed a lot um but you know what it's a chapter i mean we all know on est pas des fonctionnaires it's a privilege yeah. and the average number of years that a, an mna is a member of the national assembly is more or less three and a half years, four years, it's a mandate. Mm -hmm. I was able to do two mandates. So I, I'm trying to look at the positive more than the negative. Yes, privately, I'll express my opinions. Privately, I'm going to, uh, you know, I'll, I'll express my my suggestions. Mm -hmm. And and I want my party to actually get up from this particular position and, and look forward and, and, and reposition itself, mm -hmm. definitely. But um, no, at, the, at, at this point, where I'm at, I'm actually trying to do stuff that I wasn't able to do for mm. the past eight years. Even looking at my personal situation, personal health, just trying to travel and 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 spend more time with the family, friends, and you know how it is the mm -hmm. kind of sacrifices that we do for right? sure. And uh, so that's where I'm at. So yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm looking at the next three, four, five months, just taking some time relax, off, yeah. relax. Um, that's the benefit of having prime de départ, which yeah, yeah. is more or less a year off. You know. Uh, of 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 income and then maybe by the end of the winter that's where i'll actively start looking for yeah. something else yeah you know um for me the strangest thing uh was yeah, like i was like in this situation where yeah you're taking your severance package and you're home mm -hmm. and you're just so used to waking up super early mm -hmm. and then going to bed super late because of the work required to do yeah. the job uh and then it was like 10 o'clock, 10.30, and I was still in bed, waking up, and I was like, yeah. this is not normal. It's, yeah. <laughs> it's not natural. Not <laughs> it felt good, but at the I same know, time, it yeah. felt strange. Like, I can't, I shouldn't be in bed at 10.30. Yeah. But you know, what I've been, you know what I did over the past week or so? I started to actually unlike or unsubscribe myself from different, um, I don't know, different Facebook pages just to stop getting so many notifications yeah, yeah, on yeah. my phone. You yeah, know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But one of the things I can't avoid is I still have to wake up at 7.05, mm. just listen to the Connect Politique and then Radio Canada. I can't stop doing yeah, that. You yeah, know, yeah, it's yeah. like part of myself, you know. Right. <laughs> so, um, but it's it's a it's a transition, man. And there's, uh, like Mr. Charest used to say, there's, uh, there's life after politics, exactly. you know. And before politics, there's family and there's, uh, there's other stuff. So that's where I'm at right now. And I think I might have pressed the button. No. Okay. We're still recording. Great. 
yeah, no, it's and it's true, and it's true, and um, you know. But the thing is that it, and it's what you said, right? I mean, you've invested so much time, and you know, people got to know you as an elected official. But for the many, because we're not few, that knew you even before that, you know that the contribution you've given to the party and to just you know the public cause of yeah. being in politics is way bigger. It's what you said, right? I mean, you were involved since 2005. You did two mandates. Yes, it was a privilege, but there's all that work that yeah. you did behind the scenes that very few know about. And of course, the ones that are, you know, the insiders and the ones that are involved in the party obviously do. Um, and, I, and, and I don't know, I hope for you it will, it will continue, obviously. I mean, I don't think you can disconnect from that. Look, I... Don't think I, I really enjoyed myself, and I think I left a positive uh, image, or and I not just in my writing, but actually in Laval and, yeah. and in the party. If the phone rings, uh, um, I'll listen to it. Um, but I also have to look, George. Uh, you, you know the kind of sacrifices we do. Uh, at one point, uh, uh, we we need to recover that. Uh, we need to go back to a certain balance, mm-hmm. you know? and, and it's a lot of personal investment. Especially, and I mentioned it to you, the way that I, I really enjoyed doing it, you know, being someone on the ground uh, in Laval, taking, uh, you know, regional issues and working on it. Um, but at the, the end of the day, I mean, there's, um, I, I have to look beyond just that privilege and, and see. But if the phone rings, why not? I mm-hmm. mean, it, it, it could be provincially, it could be at different levels, whatever. Uh, my phone will always be open. Mm-hmm. But um, but I also you know I'm 47 years old. I'm not that old. I'm not that young. I, I also need to look at different options right mm-hmm. now and just to say you know what uh, I need to think about more about myself than just the cause. Because like you said, you know I've invested myself. It's not just eight years. It's 17 years. Yeah. And um, and sometimes politics. I don't know how to say it in English, but la politique est ingrate. Yeah, I'm grateful. Yeah, I'm grateful. So so you invest so much. You 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 sacrifice so much. Yes, you get. Uh, 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 a lot but at the end of the day you say okay why am i doing all of this you know and so all of those questions have to make sense at one point you, you know when you know when the uh when the when the alarms start ringing when people in your close circle like your close family yep. uh you know your significant other your friends your family they start asking it's like dude <laughs> can yep. you where's your life we yep. haven't seen you in this long or you know you missed the last five birthdays or whatever the case may be uh, and, and, and you know you're, you're so involved in what you do that you're blind right to all these yeah. things and then i think for me that's what i realized it's like shit like what have i uh, left kind of behind what have i not f- been focusing on uh and uh, it, it, the good thing is that you realize that uh, at least for me that it was such a, a, a microcosm, right? And it's like you were so involved in it, you thought everything revolved around it, when in reality, nothing revolves around it. It's nothing. Very few people even know who the prime minister is, uh, let alone the ministers or their own MA. Like that's a reality that we're so addicted to, but the truth is on the ground, very few people are aware. And and, you, and for me, that was a, that was a wake-up call when I, when I realized that, what, what do you guys mean you don't know what the bill 21 is no, <laughs> right exactly. like, what do you mean exactly and there's and there's uh and what's sometimes it's frustrating george is and when you see people that consume information or or politics through alternative channels yes that don't necessarily really portray or present the whole picture yeah and then you're like wow man 
why am I doing all of this? You yeah. know, it's like yeah. we think that people consume, you know, they're reading the Gazette or La Presse or Le Devoir. Or yeah, like you are every single day, you know, fully and, informed. And then they exactly. And then they listen to the radio or to the TV. And no, and then people, ju they just see what they base their opinion based on a, on a, on an Instagram video, you mm -hmm. know, yeah. or on a YouTube video. And then you're like, wow. And, and, and so, and, and then, yeah. So, so, so that's, that's, uh, that's part of, uh, of, of new new ways of doing politics, if you could call it, or or having to manage all of all, all of this different type of information, but so so um, so yeah, so you question yourself. You question yourself is like, why am I doing all of this? Yeah. You know, and look, like I said, I enjoyed. It's a privilege, and when you're in it, there's such a rush, and I know you know this. There's such a rush because you feel like you're you're making a difference, mm. um, that uh, you're supporting your. Uh, your your constituents, or that you're making a difference in in bills that are being adopted in the national assembly, but it's uh, c'est une bulle, mm -hmm. c'est oh une yeah. bulle, oh big time, c'est une bulle, et pour certaines personnes c'est comme un monde parallèle. Et, et um, I'm just gonna say this uh, when when we did the postmortem of the election with um, the different candidates after the um, the election, I I told the new MNAs I said don't uh, don't get uh, mistaken about what's the number one priority. Don't get mistaken about thinking that going to the National Assembly is now your first priority. Uh, the National Assembly and la, la colline parlementaire est une bulle. Mm -hmm. And you think that that's the first and foremost, uh, first role that you have and your first priority, and it, it isn't. Yeah. It's when you go back to your writing, when you talk to your people, your community groups, your different institutions, and, and you identify those issues, that's where you, you pick up the, their uh, expectations and that's what you bring back to the national yeah. assembly, not the opposite thing, not it, the opposite way. It, it's amazing that you say that because, uh, and you know, it, it's the mistake that is very often noticed. Uh, people think that they're there to bring the message from the hill to the people. It's the opposite. You're there to bring the message from the ground to the house, uh, to the to the parliament. Um, and you know, I, look, we were talking about before we we were recorded. You know. Uh, Premier Legault now has 90, uh, 90 or 91, 90, 90, 90 mm -hmm. MNAs. I mean, controlling that caucus, definitely not easy. Uh, and when you are, you know, one of those 90, and especially if you're new, automatically, you know, you're going to be shoved somewhere, you know, in, in the shadows of the, you know, in, in the back benches somewhere. How can you even possibly bring forth anything that your constituents are saying, right? So, and it's, it goes back to what you're saying. You are almost automatically fall in that bubble where it's like, this is the reality. I'm just here. I got elected. Thank you. It's a privilege. And, you know, everyone just regurgitates those lines, right? Um, I think it's very few that actually have the courage to step up and say, look, guys, this is what's happening in Montreal. Shut the fuck up. Listen. You know what I mean? Like, not a lot of people have that courage. They just go there and they just follow. You know, it's the current. They get in and they follow and, you know, they're, and it takes maybe months, if not years, for them to get accustomed to all that reality. I can tell you. It's probably going to take them a minimum of a, a year, a year and a half, if not two years, before the new MNAs, the fresh new MNAs, will understand the different dynamic mm. and, and what's their leverage and what's the role and how they can actually use that leverage and and different people not just openly within the caucus but also behind the doors who to talk to yeah. how to 
And one of the things that I really enjoyed over the mass, my second mandate was I really felt, and I saw it in my first mandate, so, that sometimes uh, opposition MNEs have, have actually more power <laughs> and more leverage than uh, backbenchers. Mm. And it's unfortunate to say, but uh, it happened to me, and I'm, I'm saying it uh, very honestly and very, uh, avec beaucoup d'humilité. You know, where I feel bad about some of the MNEs right now is they, they, with 90 MNEs, you know what's going to happen. This, they're going to occupy not just the one half of the Salon Bleu, they're going to occupy half of the, of the other part mm -hmm. of the Salon Bleu. Yeah. And there's going to be MNEs sitting on the other side, and there's going to be ministers looking at them, and they're probably going to ask themselves, is, is he part of our <laughs> caucus? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You understand? You understand? Cause it, <laughs> why, is, why is our guy in opposition? <laughs> <laughs> you understand? <laughs> so they're probably going to look at each other. It's like, okay, is he part of our group or not? You know, <laughs> That's bad because at, at the end of the day, and where are they going to do their caucus meetings? In the Salon Rouge? Because the Salle des Premiers Ministres is not going to be big enough. Well, where are I, they going to do it? That's a good question. Look, I was part of a, a caucus of 71 MNAs. Mm. And we, were, we could barely do it in the Salle des Premiers Ministres. Mm. And we were at full capacity. Mm. So with 90 MNAs, forget it. They're going to have to do it in the Salon des... Uh, le, le, la salle, le, le Salon Rouge. Mm. There's no other... Uh, uh, no room, other room it, yeah. big enough to accommodate 90 people. That's, that's on, on top of the... La garde rapprochée du premier ministre, the mm. different staffers that that are part of the uh, um, that can actually assist at the, at the caucus. So it, it's going to be tough, and um, it's going to take them a year and a half to two years. It's going to be tough for those new MNAs, um, not ministers, to actually have their projects move along. Yeah. And there's only so much the government can do, and and it's a it's a majority government that it's, a, it's very present across all the different regions yeah. except for Montreal well he still has he still has two MNAs on the island he can, you can't say that he's not there no, technically no, he's present there yeah I agree but he will have to please a lot of people mm. across the whole province and that's going to make it interesting so um, I anticipate in I mean when you look at the la sermentation du conseil des ministres yeah Uh, yesterday, you, you, you could see that, well, you could hear people already saying, you know what, there's so-and-so that wasn't there mm. or attending, and some, some of the people weren't clapping as hard or yeah. as, uh, as vividly as others uh, in, in the room. Yeah, but that happens all the time. It happens all the time. And it, it's funny that you mentioned that because one thing that I, uh, that I took away was him coming out even before uh, the swearing-in ceremony, him announcing that, look, there will not be any infighting. Uh, in the CAC. I don't know if what's happening behind the scenes. I don't know who's at each other's throats back there. You have some big names that came in. I'm thinking of Martin Biron and uh, Bernard Drinville, uh, Pascal Derry that came in, uh, that automatically, uh, or oh, I forget her name. She was our, uh, she was a director of Arceus. Um, oh, jeez, um, oh, what's her name? Um, She's the minister now for seniors. Yeah. God damn, I forgot her name. And it doesn't matter. Um, And it doesn't matter. So big names coming in. Yeah. And, and, you know, obviously you can expect that the people th that are there already in place feel threatened. They're like, shit. Because, like, there isn't one minister before the election that did not feel threatened about B Bernard Grenville, for example, being a candidate. It's automatic. It's automatic. Like, okay, this guy's he's coming in. 
whose seat is he going to take? Um, so I don't know what's happening in the caucus. Obviously, the larger your caucus, the harder it'll be to, to, to manage people's expectations and to keep everyone kind of calm. And, you know, already today in the news, you have uh, speculations that Eric Duhem is kind of uh, reaching out to the people that may be frustrated. Uh, <laughs> but, but you know what? The, it's not just the caucus. It's also going to be in the Conseil des ministres. Yeah. 30 members du Conseil des ministres. And what you're saying also applies to the Conseil des ministres, where you have established members of the Conseil des ministres, let's say uh, Geneviève uh, Guilbeault, Guilbeault yeah. uh, uh, Simon Jeunet Barrette, uh, François Monardel, established ones, obviously, you know, uh, Bonard, uh, Fitzgibbon, mm -hmm. Eric Girard, etc. And then you, you have some new members of the Conseil des ministres, like Bernard Drinville. And you know Bernard Drinville is not... Oh, he's going to take, take his place. I know. Yeah. Uh, Martin Biron and, and others that, that will join as well and that will, have, will want to have a say yeah. as well. So, uh, and, 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 and so that's also going to be an interesting dynamic. And obviously, when you see uh, what's happening with the super ministre, mm -hmm. uh, ministère de, de, de l'économie uh, and, and the, this new committee being put around and, 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 uh, and, and then you ask yourself, okay, we're... Uh, It, it's going to make it interesting over the next four years. And uh, in my opinion, the last four years with the COVID, the, 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 the government had... Um, they had it easy, I think. They had it easy for a couple of years. Like it was, the situation wasn't easy, but it, wa it, it, it was like a select number of people that took care of that crisis. Yeah, and the, and the population. I mean, one, one of the things that we can take away from the election is the, the uh, population said, you know what? Let's give them another chance because they weren't able to do a full mandate mm. with all, all with everything that was needed to do a full mandate. Mm. But now they won't have the COVID as an excuse yeah. for not being able to deliver most of their uh, our engagement. The question then becomes, uh, okay, you won. The mandate is clear. We have no more excuses in the way. Now it's time for answers. The problem and the way I see it is that the opposition is as weak as it was during the first mandate. So who's going to be there to check, you know, those balances, you know, to do that, to, to, to check that government and to actually step in. That's where the media has a role. That's where the media has a role, George. Yeah, but the media, the media is playing the game of whatever is popular and whatever is going to appease the listeners. Right. What's uh, look, look what's happening now. You're looking at the media. Everyone is focused on whether or not Quebec Solidaire and the Parti Québécois were going to swear allegiance to the king. We found out this week that they didn't. Okay, now what? So th that becomes a question mark, right? Um, right after the campaign was done, the attention was on whether or not Quebec Solidaire and the Parti Québécois were going to be granted official party status. Uh, so it, it seems that on both those big issues, the weight is on Dominique Anglade's shoulders. I, I mean, from the very beginning, I remember her saying, oh, you know, look, we're not going to talk publicly. The, you know, these are negotiations that have to happen. Premier Legault came out and said, yeah, I don't have a problem. I'll give him, I'll grant him. So he boxed her into the corner. So now it's really up to her. What are you going to do? This guy wants to give them. He has no issue. So now it's your, it's your, it's your thing. Um, those parties, the, you know, there's a huge question mark now on whether or not they could sit in the parliament with, you know, having completed only half of their oath. They're missing the other half. Yeah. So they're just betting now on that month that they have before Parliament reopens so that they can talk and try to discuss among themselves to get an exception or what. I don't even know what they're looking for. Uh, and it, to me, it's all childish. It's like, dude, it's like 
you're looking for a, a party status. You're looking for an exception to come and work without having completed your oath. What else do you want, man? It's like it's like an open buffet. What do you want? Pick and choose and don't worry about it. So I think it's not going to be easy. Dominique Anglad already has had a very difficult a uh, couple of weeks after the campaign, obviously having to uh, to take in that defeat, which paralyzed her, the party, the members, uh, guys like you. You know, the ship sank, and it took a couple, actually a lot of people with it. Um, and now she has to, while battling that front, she has to think, okay, how can I deal with this issue now and not be the, the, the mean person, right? The, the person that is going to be ungrateful for not authorizing them or giving official party status. I think the opposition is going to be busy in so many other things that, at, like you said, I mean, I have a feeling that at least the first year, I don't think much is going to happen. I don't think the government is going to be checked at all. Well, look, um, this is where I think media will have a role in uh, uh, a say in the, in how people continue to portray because I don't think that in this particular in the second mandate maybe in the first quarter maybe the first year they'll they'll still give him a you know it's going to be the honeymoon of yeah, yeah, yeah for super majority yeah, but it lasts about a year or so. exactly yeah. but you're right I mean um, when I look at the, the official opposition they have a lot of their plate not just as being the official opposition but they'll have a lot of their on their plate about looking at what happened during the election. What's going to happen with uh, with uh, with the party going forward? With the fact that the party has what uh, nine hundred thousand less of funding per year, uh, so they'll have to downsize in terms of staff, uh, in terms of uh, in terms of offices as well. So they have a lot of uh, a lot of questions that they need to ask themselves. Uh, uh, in vote de confiance that in about uh, a year in yeah. about a year as per the constitution of the party and uh, vote de confiance has to happen within the, the first year uh, after the election and so and so you're right but at the same time you know when you look at the election in the months leading to the election the media played a, a, a strong role uh, into cornering the, the Legault and cornering the, the CAC in, on a lot of issues and um, nothing stuck, though. I agree. I agree. But um, trust me, uh, the I think that maybe an extra week could have changed a lot of things, you know, because we saw, especially in the second part of the campaign, yeah. that uh, Legault, uh, his his character, his bad character came up uh, openly. Mm. He did a lot of mistakes. Mm. Um, and and yes, when you look at Legault yesterday at the La Samantation du Conseil des Ministres, he was it was a different person a different individual so so um so yes the, the oppositions will have to get back on their feet and uh, play their role uh as far as the party goes a lot of a lot of, uh, a lot of things are on their plate to actually take care of i, I want to talk to you a little bit about the party and the leadership because obviously this is a thing that's going to come up for discussion you did mention that you're supporting dominic anglad which uh doesn't surprise me i mean you had support her even from the very beginning mm -hmm. you were part of her uh of, of her team but before we get there Let's say you are now elected, okay, and you have to decide, do we give these parties official status? Are you in favor or are you not? It's a tough question, George. Um, I, I hear what the population is, is saying. Um, my opinion is that if we, uh, we want to change things, let's look at the bigger picture and let's do in réforme complète. Okay, and not just put the put the onus on the Quebec Liberal Party as being the one that has to give away some some question times or 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 a certain number of questions. 
because that's what's happening right now. Mm -hmm. And people are focusing and the pressure that's being on Dominique or on the party right now is that they're focusing only the pressure on one thing and it's the Quebec Liberal Party. But the, there's a bigger debate that we're avoiding and that the, the government put away and it's in reform parlementaire. If we want to go that way, let's look at the whole picture, not just whatever pleases the other opposition parties or the government. And that's where I understand the position of, of, of my party, of my, my ex-colleagues that are there, uh, where they're saying, you know what, uh, why is it only on us to accommodate where there's a lot more things that we also have to address, including that part? Mm -hmm. and um and and that's where my position is not yes or no it is you know what if we want to go we, we want to open that debate let's open the whole debate and not just whatever pleases mm -hmm. the opposition parties right now um I'll, i'll tell you one thing uh I, i don't know i don't know how dominic anglad is being advised i don't know what's going through her head but the fact that you can take advantage of whatever quote-unquote benefits you get as an opposition party, I think it really help her and they could really help the party. And I'm sure that in that calculation that she's making, that weighs a lot, right? Um, of course, on the other hand, you have to deal with the fact that if you don't give them official party status because i mean rules are rules and they didn't meet the thresholds whether it's the 20 of the vote or the 12 uh elected uh, mnas it's bizarre because it's like you're telling these constituents that your voice doesn't matter and it's coming from a party that within the four that are elected in the parliament they have the least amount of votes it's i've never seen anything like this you have the party that got the least amount of votes that has all the pressure right now on deciding if the other two parties that got more vote than that party should be recognized as parties. It's a, it's a, it's a mysterious thing. And I, I don't want to be in Dominic Anglade's shoes, but, uh, you know, and I, I, I completely agree with you. That's called the distortion of our current political system. Mm. And the distortion is not just affecting the number of questions that the opposition parties are, or the number of uh, le temps d'antenne that is being given to the Q, to QS and to the Parti Québécois. The distortion is also based on the fact that there's a party, a governing party right now, that uh, received 90, uh, 40%, more or less, 40, uh, what is it, 37%, yeah, around whatever. There. Let's say 40, yeah. 40% yeah. of the popular vote that have 90 MNAs out of 125. That's also... That's also part of the distortion. Mm -hmm. And so it, that's that's why my personal opinion is, is if we want to address this particular issue, we need to address the whole issue and not just handpick one that, yes, there's pressure because the l'Assemblée va, va commencer à siéger d'ici quelques semaines, fin novembre, mm -hmm. uh, un mois. And, and, and yes, but there's, there's a larger debate that we're avoiding. And right now we're asking one particular party to accommodate opposition parties and and we're leaving away a bigger debate. And, and, and I think that's also part of the the, the the complex calculations that must be currently happening right now over at the Liberal Party or in Dominic Anglade's entourage because guaranteed when it comes to electoral reform, obviously the CAC wants nothing to do with it, but the Liberals either. I mean, think about it. They got the least amount of vote, but they secured 21 seats. They're in opposition. 
you know, I, I mean, you can use the argument to say that, look, I mean, we have to look at the whole image and like you said, uh, let's, uh, let's amend everything and not just the specifics. But if you do that, then you also accept that perhaps next time around, you'll be left with three people or maybe even zero. Who knows? And, and individually, personally, I accept that. Mm. And it's up to my party, myself or whoever's going to be there to do a better job. Yeah. To do a better job. Because the fact is, we didn't do a good enough job to have enough support to be a bigger either opposition or have a bigger presence at the National Assembly. Yeah. So those are the facts. So if we want to change the rules, let's change the rules looking at the biggest picture and let's and let's start from there mm. and let's do a better job next time. Mm -hmm. What do you think? Uh, I just want to come back to the support for Dominique Anglan. I mean, when you look at the numbers, and again, I agree with you that the problem didn't start with Dominique Anglade. I think Dominique Anglade inherited a party that was already declining. Uh, there was already a huge disconnect that had happened with the people on top and the base, like the the, 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 the party members. And that all happened with Philippe Couillard coming in. And this is nothing to say bad about Philippe Couillard because when we look at the track record, the guy did spectacular work. However, maybe it's the style of politician, maybe it's the people that he had around him we immediately felt there was a disconnect between um you know the 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 the, the cabinet or the premier's office with the the people on the ground we we felt it immediately 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 uh and it's not only me we, you know at that time we were talking with other staffers and it was like what the fuck nobody's returning our calls what the hell's going on there everyone is ignoring us who's in charge I don't understand how this happened because the same experienced yeah, people were still there, largely. I'll, a lot of them left. I'll give you one point. Yeah. Agent de liaison. Yeah. Agent de liaison. People might not know this, but an agent de liaison in a cabinet has an important role. An agent de liaison is someone that makes sure that the cabinet is in contact with different cabinets, mm -hmm. with the different MEs office be it government or opposition, whatever. Uh, and also an agent liaison has a certain contact with different people that are part of the larger family of the of, of our political party. And one of the mistakes that I can definitely uh, identify and pinpoint is that when my party was in government and we started to do La Reforme des de Programmes, we said, well, we need to set an example. And we need to cap the number of staffers mm. or reduce the number of staffers that we'll have in cabinet. Yeah. And one of the positions that was never uh, put in place, um, even at the second part of the government uh, of of the mandate, was the agent liaison. Mm. So, yes, we could call some staffers. You know, um, there's people that from my office that would call in the cabinet, uh, and and there were some staffers that didn't have any connection with the party, mm. any any roots within the yeah. party. So, like you said, you know, calling someone and saying, "Look, I'm so and so. I've been I've been associated with different people in the party and government for the past 15 years, and they don't know who you are. They don't know your history, and they don't know how to really, you know, uh, uh, service you mm -hmm. properly." Mm -hmm. That's that's yeah. where I felt like yeah. a, a disconnect I, happened. No, no, I agree, and I think, and we felt it. Um, obviously, we didn't expect to lose in 2018, mm -hmm. but it happened. But to go back to Dominique Anglade, so she's not the one that brought this. She inherited this. Um, and I know that you're supporting her. What do you think is happening in caucus right now? Do you think, because, uh, you know, they, they came out and like, you know, we're, everyone's behind us. And obviously that's the lines that Dominique Anglade is pushing as well. 
I'm not so sure that it's that peachy behind the scenes. And it's possibly not. Yeah. It very possibly it it might not might not be the case. I'm not there anymore to yeah. confirm anything. But uh but at the end of the day, she needs to or not just herself, but I mean herself and the people that supported me. Obviously, they need to get the support from the whole caucus, but it's not just the caucus. I was pre- president of the party. Mm-hmm. So what she needs to also focus on is to make sure that uh, all the different writing associations have a contact with her, the different party members, mm-hmm. that they understand what's her vision, what she tried to implement for this particular election, and what what's her vision going forward mm-hmm. and how she intends to reconnect or, yeah. or rebuild the party from the ground up to be able to prepare itself for the next election. And that's where I offered my support. I make this particular distinction, uh, George. I offered my support for her to do that job until le vote de confiance. And and I wish her, and I want her, and I wish that she can continue forward, but at the end of the day, it's gonna be to the party members to decide. Mm. And that's that's the challenge that she has in yeah. front of her. I, I can tell you one thing for sure, and I know there's a lot of things on the table right now uh, that she has to uh, to think about. Uh, in the past, if I if I if I if I base myself on things that were happening in the past, as soon as the elections were done with, within a couple of weeks, the the writing association presidents were immediately called in. There was this kind of exchange that would happen. Mm-hmm. Uh, nothing's happened uh, so far. Uh, uh, in fact, there haven't even been regional meetings. It's starting. You know what I mean. So uh, I hope it's gonna. It's I, I hope it's gonna take off. Um, I don't know how close you were to the ground. Obviously, you had a whole campaign to worry about, so you were focusing a lot on your own things. I had uh, had a lot of conversations with a lot of associations and presidents and other members. People aren't happy. And I have a feeling that they know, the people, uh, whether people at the party or people close to Dominican Glad know. I don't know if she's trying to buy time. I don't know if... She, uh, and I, I hope sincerely that they're not willingly trying to avoid having these conversations because whether you like it or not whether it's going to go well or not you got to break that ice man and you got to you just have to confront and i'm suspecting that it's probably not going to go um as nicely there's a lot of negativity and there's a lot of people that just disconnected the worry on the ground and i hope people are listening to this in case they don't know it yet uh is that the big question marks that exist in our association, in, in the one that I'm president of and in others, is whether or not the damage that happened is irreparable. Like, are we even going to be able to go get those people back, the people that stayed home, or the people that said, you know what, fuck it, I'll give, uh, I'll give uh, the conservatives a chance, or you know what, at least Legault is in government and maybe we'll see something happen, let me just give my support there. That's the big question mark. How, like how do you how do you even start by you know it's a it's a huge huge task man and um, you know I have nothing against Dominique Anglade on a personal level for me the, the the point that I've been trying to make is that at the end of the day it comes down to leadership and I know that you probably took over a boat that was slowly sinking or at least putting in water somewhere. But it's still your responsibility, right? I mean, the, the ability to, to surround yourself with people that are capable of looking at these things or uh, advising you the proper way uh, or not making ridiculous mistakes like the ones we saw in the last two, three years. All that 
comes back to you as a leader. And at the end of the day, whether you accept it or not, I don't know. It, to me, it's a sign of weakness somewhere. And I'm not saying that to her personally. Uh, and, you know, we, we have examples of her even in her past life where she's demonstrated the ability for her to be a, a, an effective leader. Maybe it didn't apply itself properly in politics. I don't know what the answer is. However, for me, it's an excuse to say, well, you know, look, uh, you know, it's the people around us. We didn't have enough people at the party or we didn't have enough volunteers. Yeah, but someone needs to take the, take the, take the shots here. You know, and unfortunately, it comes back to the leader uh, because everyone's looking up to you. Everyone's like, okay, what do we do now? Well, sorry, we don't have volunteers. I don't know. I, I heard through the grapevine that even in her own writing, uh, the last couple of days, they took people from everywhere to go help so that we can save ourselves from embarrassment <laughs> in Saint Henri Saint Anne. Look, George, I mean, uh, I won't, <laughs> I can't dispute everything you're mentioning. Um, there's, um, I'm, I'm just going to say it in French. Yeah. Il y a une grosse, uh, une grosse remise en question qui doit être effectuée. C'est clair. Mm -hmm. uh, il faut se regarder dans le miroir. Uh, et pas juste Dominique Anglade. Uh, son entourage, le caucus, l'ancien caucus également, uh, les, les institutions ou les, les structures à l'intérieur du parti. Um, il y a une modernisation qui doit être effectuée, qui doit, être, qui doit continuer également. Um, il, y a un, il y a des grandes questions fondamentales qui doivent être, euh, se poser aussi. C'est comment tenir ce parti unis euh, à partir du moment où on a des valeurs euh, qui, qui sont très, très, très claires. Les valeurs, c'est le ciment de, notre, de, de ce parti, mais en même temps, comment s'assurer de garder unis euh, différents groupes euh, de la population euh, et la majorité francophone également, comment s'assurer d'avoir un, un discours qui est cohérent mm -hmm. euh, face à ça puis et également euh, euh, regarder euh, l'avenir, comment se positionner à l'intérieur d'un échiquier politique où maintenant il y a cinq partis légitimes, mm -hmm. provinciaux. Euh, Est-ce qu'on va regarder les choses de façon plus pointue? Est-ce qu'on va essayer de plaire à tout le monde? C'est des questions légitimes qui doivent, doivent se poser. Et euh, puis dans mon cas, moi, je soutiens Dominique, mais euh, je suis avant tout un militant qui respecte sa constitution et le, les règlements du parti, et elles vont devoir faire face à un vote de confiance. Et elle doit gagner, regagner la confiance ou gagner la confiance du plus grand nombre de, 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 de membres pour s'assurer d'avoir la légitimité nécessaire pour pouvoir continuer. Ça, c'est mon appui que je donne à Dominique, qui est mon ami et que, et que je respecte énormément. Euh, j'ai aussi, je vais te le dire, euh, j'ai aussi partagé mon opinion avec un, un autre ami, une, un collègue que j'estime beaucoup, Carlos Letao, euh, qui, euh, son nom circulait depuis certains temps après l'élection, qui voulait peut-être se présenter euh, à la présidence du parti. Et personnellement, moi, je l'ai découragé. Je l'ai découragé parce que, you might remember this, I became president against an ex-MNA minister of the Quebec Liberal Party, Alain Paquet. Mm. He lost in 2012, mm. and he, uh, he applied to become president of the party. Et le soutien que j'ai eu des militants à l'époque du comité exécutif was that Volunteers, et il faut comprendre, il y a le caucus, il y a l'aile militante, puis il y a l'aile permanente. Et mm. ces trois piliers qu'il faut et toujours établir un, un équilibre. Et donc, euh, pour moi, c'est important que euh, les militants sentent qu'ils ont une voix forte à l'intérieur du parti pour justement exprimer soit cette frustration, soit la déception, euh, euh, soit la, la colère ou, ou, ou les questionnements qu'ils peuvent avoir. C'est important que le caucus s'expriment se, se, également, oui, de façon unie, comme ils l'ont fait, mais s'expriment. Mais le caucus n'a pas 
ascendance sur le parti. Mm. Et c'est là que, like I said, it's not just Dominique. Et, et, la déconnexion entre le parti et les membres et euh, son aile euh, du caucus a commencé il y a 5-6 ans. Et c'est ça qu'il faut recoller. Et par la suite, une fois qu'on recolle nos, nos structures, il faut avoir un discours qui est cohérent face à l'ensemble de la population pour être capable de, de reconnecter. Je crois que c'est possible. Je pense que oui, il y a eu un bris. I mean, let's face it. 8-9% within the French vote, il y a eu un bris. It's horrible. And, yeah. and it's horrible. And even with the anglophone vote or the allophone vote, il y a eu une déconnexion. Il faut, le, il faut faire ce constat-là. Maintenant, est-ce que ça peut être recollé? Oui, mais il y a un gros travail à faire euh, à tous les niveaux. So what does it say now? Parce que Carlos Letao, euh, au moins de façon euh, par, par intérim, il est le président. Non, 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 non. non. Carlos Letao is... He actually said it publicly. He's not running to become president of the party. But temporarily, he is. Because no. uh, Linda Caron, uh, Linda That, Caron, right? Yes. Uh, elle a été Donc, on n'a pas de présidence. Moi, j'ai entendu que par intérim, mm -hmm. ça sera Carlos Letao le temps que le parti. I don't know what they're going to do. Uh, parce que le vice-président ne voulait pas assumer les responsabilités comme le dit les, la, la constitution du parti, les règlements du parti. So that's what I heard. I heard that. Carlos Letao is now the interim president of the party. And, and it comes back to what you were saying. Uh, I, I agree 100% with what you said, by the way. Um, and, and, and again, it befalls on Dominique Anglade. Is she keeping her people in control of certain things to control her fate? I, I don't know what the strategy is. I don't know. And, and maybe I'm just delusional. Maybe I'm thinking things that aren't true. But as much as we love Carlos, and, and uh, I've said it many times, mm -hmm. he's an exceptional man. Uh, I love that man. He did a fantastic job as a minister. Um, I don't know. I mean, is he doing it out of the kindness of his heart because no one wants to assume the responsibility? And he's saying, you know what, guys, look, let me come in. People know me. Uh, I'll help also with uh, you know the financial aspect of everything, try to put things in order. Uh, the, the, the defeat obviously is uh, monstrous dealing with the losses of important finances you know having a guy like Carlos Atal may be a good thing I, I don't know um, but he was also very close to Dominique Anglade so that's the other question now when people found out that Carlos Letao is at least temporarily the president of the party it doesn't reassure the members that initially were frustrated that shit where the fuck are we you know what I mean like uh, we, we saw this close circle around Dominique Anglade being completely neglectful and now we're seeing that kind of spill over yeah. into the party. But, but look, in defense of Carlos, okay, and uh, I spent um, part of my last weekend uh, with some old political friends that we, and um, and to the defense of Carlos, he, in the, I would say in the past 10 years, he was the member of caucus that was the most active member within the Commission Politique. Absolutely, national. 100%. Okay. So I think he demonstrated that uh, beyond his role as a member of the caucus or member of government or... He or was involved as a, as a liberal yes, militant. Yes, exactly. So in, in, in that perspective, I think he gained a lot of respect from, from party members, not because of who Carlos Letao was for four years, Minister of Finance, but also because he demonstrated an honest interest about party life. Yeah, the institution. And the party institutions, mm -hmm. exactly. So... So fr from that perspective, um, I think Carlos also mentioned publicly that he's not going to run. And I think today, we're Friday, October 21st. Today's the last day of, of any possible candidate that wants to, um, je pense, dépose uh, son sa candidature to become a candidate for the presidency. And um, I don't know 
all the details, but I think if I if I look at how it went for myself, uh, it, it it was a process that lasted less than four weeks. Mm. Actually, last weekend, ten uh, years ago, I got elected as a as a, as a president of a party. So, um, I think it's going to happen very quickly. I don't. I don't so what? Think so what happens if there's zero people interested in no, the no, position? No, no, no. There's names going around. Oh, there are. Okay. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, there's names going around, and I could say I could repeat a name that came out publicly: Rafael Primo Ferraro, who was president. What does that ring a bell? Who was he in the youth wing? Well, many years ago. Yes, yes, yes. But uh, up until recently, he was president of the Commission Juridique du Parti. That's right. Okay, okay. yeah, yeah. So, so he had a, a big role into. Not the election itself, itself, but also how to support the party and the different candidates in their election process mm-hmm. as well. And so, uh, and obviously, as being president de la commission juridique, having a legal background, he also understands the importance of having to respect the constitution mm-hmm. and les règlements internes and the role of the of the party members and the caucus, et cetera, et cetera, because. It, it's going to be a, a fine line. It's going to be a difficult positioning for a position for the new party uh, president, uh, having to uh, respect what it, whatever the leader will have to the role that the leader will have to play within the party in preparing for the le vote de confiance, the confidence mm-hmm. vote, um, and also having a very very independent and nonpartisan position mm. in 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 that whole process. You know, it's it's. it's uh for me, obviously, it's going to be very interesting. Uh, it, it's it's a period of rebuilding, obviously, for yep. the Liberal Party, and, and not just on an institutional level, uh, even on a political level. I mean, uh, you know, we know a lot of people that uh, are there. Uh, there's uh, at least almost half that are new. So that's the other challenge as well. I mean, when you're looking at the, the, the Liberal Party now as an opposition, you're thinking, who has any significant experience to even take on this role as an opposition right i mean you know you can count them probably in in one hand uh, you know uh so there's what we said in the beginning where you have all the new people coming in the rookies that have to learn the ropes right and what's happening and you know what's my responsibility and how do i do this and how do i do that and you know what do i do in committee and uh, you know there's it's this unknown world uh for these individuals but at the same time, they have to assume that important yeah. role in opposition. So they need to, to have that guidance. And I'm afraid that there isn't that much guidance. Uh, of course, there's Dominique Anglade there. She has the experience. That's her role, basically, uh, to make sure that her caucus is well prepared for this. Um, but, uh, you know, it, it's a tight rope and they're walking on it. And uh, I, I'm not so sure how stable things are. Look, I think it's also up to the individuals, to the new MNAs. Mm to actually do whatever is necessary for them to actually have a better understanding of what their role is, not just as a parliamentary, as a member of the National Assembly, their role as a as critic of uh, opposition critic on different subjects, but also, especially before confidence vote, to have an understanding of what their role is within the party. Mm. Okay, because um, I, I experienced it, not just myself, but I saw some new colleagues that had no affiliation with the party before an mm-hmm. election, Became MNAs, which is fine. Which is fine yeah. because we always need new blood. We, know right. we always need new ideas. We need, we need, uh, we need uh, an input, an exterior input as well. But um, it will be important for those new MNAs to actually to be involved, to be involved, and to reach out to the ex MNAs as well. Um, you know, uh, like Kathleen Vell, 
like uh, uh, Carlos Leitao is a, is a great example, like many others that were there up until the election uh, came up. And, and, and it's also going to be up to them to have that understanding of how the party works within yeah. and what's the importance of the different uh, institutions within the party. Yeah, yeah because the, 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 the main message that was given to me uh, was that the party needs to reconnect with us. We were left in the dark. Um, and, and, you know, it's tough, especially like in my situation, I'm in what we call Norfin writing. Norfin writing, for those who don't know, is basically it, it's a writing that doesn't have an MA to represent it. You know what I mean? Uh, so we have, uh, you know, the Liberal Association there is represented by an MA that's from another party. Uh, and they felt neglected. Obviously, there's no connection with the sitting MA, which is normal because it's, mm -hmm. it's, it's partisanship, right? That comes in the way. Uh, and uh, they, you know, for the first time uh, since 2007, when I got there, now they're kind of left, they feel hopeless. They're like, okay, who's here for us now? I because agree. before, okay, we had our MA. We knew where the office was. We picked up the phone or there were events. We always saw each other. Mm -hmm. Now that reality isn't there. So they turn to the party <laughs> and there's nobody there for them. So that's, I think, where the main focus needs to happen. Uh, and, you know, I, I keep going back to things that I took away and learned from Jean Charest. And again, this is not to say that he was perfect because mm -hmm. we can both say that he wasn't. He was far from being perfect. I think even he himself will say that he's, he, he's far from perfect. But one thing that I've always taken away from him is that there was this rule of thumb that the writing offices are priority. The, and we felt it. It was you. You get a call from a writing office. You drop what you're doing, and there was never a time where, as a staffer, when we called any uh, yeah. cabinet minister's office for help, that we didn't get a call back within half an hour. Yeah, agent liaison. You know what I mean? But forget the agent liaison. It was a, a, a general call that was done across the board, and you get a call from any writing office, yeah. you get to it immediately. Like there was never, yeah. a like never, never more than okay, whatever, right? half an hour, an hour. Maybe I'm exaggerating, but the call would come in almost immediately. You had an answer. What do you need, man? What can I help you with? Okay, I'll get to it. Thank you. Like right away. I agree, <laughs> but that's what I'm saying. 2015, 2016. I saw it back in my first mandate. I saw staffers that never had a card member, uh, a membership card of the party. Mm. You know, <laughs> <laughs> look, it would have never happened under Mr. Charest. Never happened. <laughs> you know, my staff calling a cabinet and they're saying, "Okay, we'll call you back," and they were treating the, let's say, the <laughs> les bureaux de députés gouvernementaux the same way that they were treating the oppositions. I mean, yes, uh, there has to be an equal equal service, but at one point you also have to. Yeah, you get priority, man, to you guys. <laughs> exactly. So, so I'm telling you, it 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 um, it, I, it never sunk in this this whole thing, and that's where I think you know, agent liaison was a very important role. Yes, the all the staffers of all the cabinets. So when I come back to your question, your initial comment about writing associations, there's stuff that can be done, mm. of course, and and the party. The head office, uh, the existing MNAs, um, the ex MNAs, we all have a word to say. We all have a part to say. Look, um, I'm, I might surprise you with this. Mr. Charest called me the day of the election. Okay, mm. it was like six o'clock. I was home. I went. I did. Je fait le tour de toutes les bureaux de vote the mm. whole day with my son. We came back home. We had dinner, 
And uh, I was resting home, and it was like 6.37, and I get a phone call. Uh, Monsieur Charest, bon, ça va, comment ça va? Uh, you know, comment tu te sens? And puis, I, you what, know. What, what a fantastic guy, man. Honestly, yeah. say whatever you want. Nobody does this, man. Nobody does this. But listen to the whole story. Yeah. So, so I tell him, he asked me, how do you feel? What's your feeling? And I'm like, Monsieur Charest, je ne sais pas. Je, je, regardez, j'ai tout donné. Au moins, je sens que j'ai vraiment tout mis sur la table. You know, 16 000 portes où on a cogné, puis des appels, whatever. But j'ai dit, je ne sais pas. Je, je pense que mon BVA, ça aurait peut-être pu mieux aller. Mais mon jour J, je pense que j'ai des bonnes chances, etc. OK, election night comes up. We, we know the results. The next day, it was like... I was. I went to the Mont Royal to work out. You know, it's like yeah, <laughs> let was some on, steam out. Exactly. <laughs> and I'm, on, I'm I'm in my car. I'm on my way back. It's like four o'clock. I get another call. Confident co uh, numéro confidentiel, Monsieur Charest again. Yeah. Bon, ça va comment tu te sens? You know, and this and that. Puis I, and I said something to him, and I think it surprised him. J'ai dit Monsieur Charest, vous savez quoi? Je sais que vous, vous et moi on se connaît. Vous m'avez vu arriver au parti back in 2005. Puis j'ai dit, je veux, je veux quand même être là pour rebâtir le parti. Mm. Il me dit, en tout cas, je te trouve courageux, ça. J'ai dit, yes. Mais vous savez quoi, M. Charest, ce parti m'a donné tellement d'opportunités, m'a fait vivre tellement de choses que c'est la moindre des choses que je reste connecté. À, je, I'm not going to be uh, une belle-mère. Like, mm -hmm. uh, yeah. <laughs> mais je ne serai pas un gérant d'estrade non plus where I'm just going to point fingers and, yeah. and not doing it. No, I want to contribute in the best way possible because I think I, I still did some stuff that could help the current MNAs or the party, etc. And there's stuff that can be done. Mm -hmm. Je pense qu'il y a moyen de, de refaire, re, refaire revivre ce parti mm -hmm. de la base euh, à, travers, à travers des gestes, à travers des actions. Oui, on n'aura pas les mêmes ressources. We won't have, you know, les, les gros conseils généraux like we used to yeah. have. But I think we can still manage to do something. Yeah. And, and it could start from the bottom, but also it has to start with the, within the caucus. That's well. amazing, man. I, I was, I'm thinking, you know, if he did the same thing with others, but then I'm trying to think who was there while he was there, right? And there's probably not that many. No, Maybe probably know. called Philo, Philomena. Uh, no, he called Philo. He probably probably Marc Oh, He called Isabelle, for sure. Oh, Isabelle Melanson, yeah, for sure. Isabelle Melanson, for sure. Marise Gaudreau. Ah, Marise, yes. You know, Marise, for sure. And... Uh, And I'm sure he called a lot, yeah, a lot yeah. more people that, uh, that. But that's the great thing about Mr. Charest. I, I don't know about you, but I get a, a Christmas card from Mr. Charest yeah. every year. I still do. I still every do. Every year. I mean. Yeah. And so, you know, uh, like you said, he might not be perfect, but he did a, a lot of great things. There's so many party. stories, man. Look, this guy, the, the, the charisma that this guy has uh and it, it, it's a it's a case study like i think everyone going into politics and again maybe we're biased because we came into politics under his leadership maybe i don't know we are but uh, for sure we are but yeah but still like even if you know, think I of it from the most objective yeah. way in in the most objective way possible when you see this guy conducting himself in politics maybe not now i mean yeah. you know unfortunately for him uh, it, it was a very bad leadership run for the conservative party of canada but When I go back and I see this guy and how he was during his uh, his um, his, his time yeah, as premier, mm -hmm. dude, I'll tell you a story. There was a competition once. It was a membership drive. So, and, and for those listening, this is how active the fucking party was back then. They reach out and obviously it was regional. They can't do it across the, 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 the part of the province. So they're like, okay, for the region of Montreal, the competition, whoever signs up the most members will get Jean Charest to their event. We're like, fuck yeah. You know what I mean? Dude, 
we we signed. I think there was like fifteen hundred members. We signed. It was and it was everyone. Every like that boost in membership probably was the most the party ever got. And we were neck and neck with Philos writing <laughs> back in the day. And we won. We won. And we got Jean Charest. It was the, our annual brunch. And already that annual brunch. It was the most popular event we did. We were normally in the three, 350, like a lot of people. And the premier's office is telling us, look, anything can happen, you know, like we don't want you to tell your people, but we don't want you not to tell them either that he's coming. So figure out a way to kind of maybe slip in that, you know, there may be a big surprise, you know, I don't know. So we didn't know until like 24 hours before. We didn't know. So we're inviting people and the word gets out. We're like, no, fuck it. Who cares? We'll tell them that the premier is coming. And if he doesn't come, it's better for us to explain that something came up than not have enough people. There must have been like 450. Like we were above capacity. Like if the cops walked in there, they would have locked it up. Like we were, we were above capacity. People were standing. The guy walks in with his wife. It took, without exaggeration, about 40 minutes 45 minutes for him from the minute he came in he went all he went all around dude we're talking about 450 people shaking hands taking pictures you know the music kept they had it on they had on loop <laughs> his little jingle you know then the guy went it took 45 minutes and then we introduce him he comes up on stage blah 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 the whole it was a beautiful event still today people come up to me and they're like hey my friend how's my friend jean Charest doing he had never met these people in his life the impact he had on them that one time was so significant that people not only still remember, but they felt so attached to the guy. That's crazy. So attached to the I guy. Am. Look, George, you might remember two things that happened to me. I don't know you were, if you were in the party in 2006. No, or, I wasn't okay. there. Yeah. Okay. I did. Um, I, I wasn't, I, I was within the party. I was in the party for like uh, less than a year. Uh, and this was the, the year before going to the general election 2007. And uh, what happens within the parties, they always do the colloque. And they mm -hmm. had a colloque thematic sur le, la diversité puis l'immigration. And it was at l'école Georges Vanier mm -hmm. in Laurier, um, in, in, Laurier in, Dorian. In Dorian yeah. okay. And so I was co-president with Yasmin Aloul. And, um, and M. Charest wasn't supposed to come. Okay, it was like, c'était le 17e colloque. Uh, we had done everyone in all the different regions, c'était mm -hmm. le 17e. So at the last minute, maybe two days before, uh, the party says, okay, M. Charest is going to come. I'm telling you, George, the, when he came in and we were in the auditorium of, 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 uh, of the school, it, it was like a rock star came in. Mm. People, like we had to stop the whole presentation for like a good 20 minutes so that he could actually go to his seat and sit. Um, people were just like, and the other story I have with him is um, what happened is, uh, well, that, that was 2006, then it was... Uh, uh, 2007, we did uh, a, a barbecue at uh, Jerry Park. In Jerry Park, I remember, remember this. Yeah, huh? that there was there. And and the same with Monsieur Charret back then. So, no, uh, Monsieur Charret. Last story I have is one of my staffers actually actually working with me until this this election. Uh, 2017, she was working with me. She worked um, um, two years, 2016, 2000, and she wasn't a big fan of the Quebec Row Party or 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 actually Monsieur Charret because of the she was a student back in 2012, yeah, yeah, yeah. etc. Yeah, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. So. Um, I tell her, I said, uh, oh, look, uh, we have a delegation parce que c'était le, le congrès du 150e. Oh, I remember that one. Okay, that yeah. was uh, five years ago, okay? And I said, uh, why don't you come on board, Kelly? I said, Let, let's go with party members and let's go représenter uh, Laval des Rapides, you know? Okay, she sits down, we're in the, dans la salle, and then Mr. Charret was making a speech. And until that point, she had never heard 
Mr. Charret publicly, yeah. publicly, you know. So she's sitting next to me, and I'm just looking at her. And as 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 Mr. Charret starts, and you see son talent, his yeah, talent yeah. about public speaking, of, yeah. of have, have you know taking your emotions going high, and then and then slowing his manipulating and, your and, feelings, and, man. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then after that, I, and then I asked her. I said. How do you feel now about Mr. Charest? She goes, no, he's a great public speaker. Fired up. It's incredible. And he would light up also in election campaigns, you know? <laughs> it was a different Charest. The same way that Legault was different in yeah. election time. In the, in, in the, in the, <laughs> yeah, yeah. In the opposite way. Mr. Charest was completely different. I mean... He was it, an animal. He was a beast. One more week in 2012, and we, we would have had government. Instead yeah. of being 54-50, we would have been... Uh, the party would have been in power, mm-hmm. you know? So, um, so no, Mr. Charest, I have the utmost respect and admiration for Mr. Charest. So having him com- calling me on October 3rd and then calling me back on October 4th. Check in. Wow, that's amazing. That's great. Yeah. yeah. See, this is, this is the stuff that trickles down. This is the stuff that you know you're going to say to me, like maybe you're close circle, but eventually it's going to get out. And, and this, is what, this is what existed before. And, and I know that parties renew themselves. There's people now in the party that weren't there, you know, 10 years ago. They don't know how things were done. I remember coming in in 2007 and having the people from the party up my ass. Like there was uh, Patrick Gilles, this guy, whether you like him or not, he was up your ass. Like, guys, this, ba ba ba. He was always there every fucking week. Like, the phone would ring. Hey, I, like, I got tired of talking to this guy. But he did his job. That was his job. Yeah. His job was to be annoying and say, guys, let's go. Get active. Do yeah. it. Members, yeah. this, Members. that, events. Come on. The thing at Jerry Park, we're going to do it. We're going to bring the premier. Like, they would go out of their way, man, to show you that, okay, like, the party's there. So bring your members. Let's go. Let's, let's do this, right? That got lost. And I don't know, maybe if it's the times, if it's this more modern way of doing politics where everything is on a screen now and and you can watch these things from the comfort of your home rather than actually being there and witnessing it and shaking someone's hand and experiencing the whole atmosphere of doing politics and being in the public. I don't know if that has had an effect. Maybe it has, maybe it hasn't. I don't know. But we're not the only party. No. There's other parties as well, so they're they're bringing in hundreds and thousands of people. So why aren't we? So, you know, I don't think we're alone in this time of change. Maybe the party has uh, hasn't evolved. I I doubt that. Also, I mean, there's there's young kids, there's brilliant minds working at the party. They're they know much more than we do. Um, so something is just not clicking, and I think that that's something that people will need to look at and quickly. Because four years is gonna come and go like this, so and, and I and I, you know yeah. whatever happened this time around, you know the sad reality, Saul, is that it cannot reproduce itself again. Because what I told you before about whether or not the damage is rep is irreparable, if we have another election like this one, then it's gonna be permanent. Then forget it. I'll actually understand the people for not wanting to 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 to, to get involved further. No, no, I get you. I get you, and this is where it's going to be a, um, a challenge, a very steep uphill challenge mm. for the party because on top of that, uh, the, f- the finances are very different. Holy now. shit, yeah. You know, when you're talking about uh, close to a million dollars a year less uh, in terms of uh, uh, budget for, for the party, it makes a difference. That's a lot less stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're going to have to become a lot more efficient um, I'm not saying that they were wasting money, no. I mean, but uh, they will have to. Unfortunately, they will have to prioritize. But they will. will have. We'll all have a say in in 
this is where I think, and that's what I said to Mr. Charest, you know, we all have a role to play into rebuilding this party. And it's not just to the staffers or to Dominique Anglade. Or, you know. I, I love how his answer was, oh, man, you're courageous. It's as though, he, like, he, he's already, like, abandoned ship, you know? Like, uh, it, like I mean, look, former leaders tend to not really no. keep their involvement active unless there's no, he's very like a part- yeah, yeah. yeah unless no. there's a particular event yeah. like the 150th yeah. where they brought him in so he's doing what he has to do but just to like, you know it's obvious now that he thinks shit the the, the, the no, ship no. is sinking well the but it's obvious he's not the only one everyone everyone side and we can't we can't say different i mean the party's different different today than 10 years ago when mm-hmm. when when he lost the election so 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 it is a different completely different picture um can it be done i think so uh, will it be tough? Definitely. Mm. When you're talking about party members, I mean, um, most of the parties have a declining number of party members. Most of them. Okay. The only one that's the exception is the conservative party mm. that that came that from. Went up. They went up. But most of the parties they have a challenge because now also society is looking differently at political parties with a capital P, not just the Quebec Liberal Party in general. So uh, so we also need to reconsider how how we approach people in general, how we, what we ask, ask them or what we expect party members to do within the party as well. And, uh, and if we need to rebuild, we'll have to rebuild differently. I think that what you and I experienced 10, 15 years ago, that's gonna done. Be, that's done. It's going to be very different going forward. I think technology can help us in a way, but technology cannot, we cannot only depend on technology mm. to run the party. We need to reconnect people. individuals. People, yeah, it's about people. Individually. Uh, okay, let's uh, let's close it up, man. Um, you personally now, what's up? What's uh, what's the what's the next chapter? Obviously, you're relaxing. I get it. Uh, I've known a lot of people that have been through there, and they just wanna just disconnect. You know, they wanna they wanna enjoy the the, the, the calm a little bit around them. Um, but yeah, like, uh, what do you? Um, what are you looking forward to? Like, what has changed? Uh, what are you appreciating more? Yeah. Well, look, one thing's for sure. Um, I, I want to be able to do something that I enjoy and that I feel like I can bring, uh, that's challenging, that I can bring, uh, uh, you know, an impact or have an impact. Mm-hmm. But uh, also to make sure that whatever I do in whichever sector I'll, I'll, I'll get, go back into, it, that I'll, I'll find a, 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 a balance, mm-hmm. uh, you know, not just stability, but a certain balance. But yeah, I'm, a, I'm, I'm, I'm someone very dynamic. I like to get involved. I give. It's going to be tough to find that balance. Mm-hmm. But um, I'm not. I'm not worried about myself. Mm-hmm. Um, I was in the finance sec- uh, sector, far- finance uh, sector before going into politics. Sh- would I go back? Maybe. I don't know. Uh, would I? Uh, I'm open to different endeavors, different. Uh, uh, opportunities for sure. Uh, I'll see. Uh, we'll talk uh, by the end of the winter. We'll we'll have a talk maybe again, and I'll uh, give you some feedback at that point. Dude, it was uh, it was so good to see you. Uh, I'm glad you're doing well, uh, and uh, I'm suspecting that we're gonna we're gonna see much more of each other. <laughs> for sure, with pleasure, George. <laughs> thanks, buddy. Okay, thanks.